0: CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the newest and greatest podcast in the galaxy The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, your insider industry connection to accurate
1: and entertaining
0: information about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The Real Dirt with Chip Baker is a podcast series featuring the cannabis industry's expert pioneer growers, venture capitalists, lawyers, and dispensary owners rolling joints and dropping knowledge. About cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The future of legal cannabis has arrived, and we want to give you the real dirt with Chip Baker. All right, one more time again. We're here with the real dirt. And on today's dirt, I've got Austin from Americana. What's up, Austin?
1: Not much, man. Just finished a hard day of work and come here to hang out with you.
0: Oh, awesome, dude. I'm glad you got to spend the twilight of your day here. You know, I always love it when guests bring cannabis-related things. Thanks for uh, some uh, ganja puffs. Not a problem. Right, right. That's what that's what we're calling them, right? Yep, puffs? these
1: are the Americana puffs.
0: Americana puffs. And these are, uh, you can see them on our website when you see this episode. They're marshmallows, Yeah, it's
1: kind of like a marshmallow-gummy hybrid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they look great. They're nice and green, and they're 10 milligrams. That's right. Right. Tell us what Americana is, man.
1: Uh, Americana is an infused edibles manufacturer out of Boulder, Colorado. We are pioneered by Dan Anglin. We uh, grow our own plants. We extract the whole plant. We use that whole plant extract to make a distillate, which we then use to infuse our proprietary candy.
0: Distillate's just been uh, inserted into our new cannabis vocabulary. It's something mm-hmm. we like to talk about, the expanding vocabulary of yeah. cannabis. Uh, it used to be hash oil. That's right. Right. And uh, it's now it's gone all the way from that to distillate. Hey, could you give me your explanation of what that is?
1: A distillate is, uh, what we'll do is we'll take the raw extract out of uh, an extraction machine, be it butane or CO2, even an ethanol extractor, Uh, We'll winterize that, which is cleaning up the fats and the sterols and anything that, you know, comes from the plant that we don't want. Uh, Once it's all filtered, we'll throw it into a rotovapor machine, which removes the excess ethanol. Then we will put that into a short path distillation machine, which essentially boils each individual component of your reagent, which is the starting material. And we use different condensers and condenser types to collect each of those constituents and uh, what we're left with is a mid-90 percentile of cannabinoid uh, resin at the end of that. It's a nice golden color. Uh, I'll make sure you guys get some pretty good pictures so you can put it up on your website.
0: Oh, great. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: So you've stripped off all the terpenes. Yeah, terpenes
1: come out first usually.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then you concentrate it to a mid-90s percent THC.
1: Uh, yep, total right. cannabinoids, yeah. <laughs> the, depending on the, the strains you use, it can— The THC level will be in the, you know, high 80s to really low 90s. And then depending on your CBNs and CBDs and all that, will make up the rest of that number.
0: So you you guys are an edible company. You grow your own cannabis there at your location in Boulder, Colorado, and you extract it and make it into edibles. And uh, you've got a vape pen on the way out too, right?
1: Yep. There's a vape pen in the works. Um, It's pretty close to hitting the market. So we'll see. In the next few weeks where that goes.
0: Distillate vape pen?
1: Yes. All right. So are you guys
0: recombining the terpenes back into the, for the vape pen?
1: I believe they're going to be mixed strain specific and they'll have combinations of strains and terpenes like that. So um, there should be a nice selection and a good variety.
0: You know, I'm going to have to start working on this, but for the past three podcasts, we haven't had a lighter. And we decided to like <laughs> f- smoke a joint. So, uh, which was, you know, like constantly on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hash oil has always fascinated me, or concentrates have always fascinated me. Another new vocabulary, you know, for cannabis. You know, when I was first exposed to hash, it was through hash books and um, through uh, a hash oil, you know, pollen or sheaved hash that was pressed of some sort, right? right. Man, that's a far cry from 96% pure. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it's almost clear, uh, well, it, it is clear. It's just a really light, light hint of yellow, especially, you know, if you've been around it for any number of years. And, you know, these past couple of years, these clear things have been coming out, even in the past four or five years with live resin, like getting them, those colors and consistencies were blowing people away and now they're practically white and uh, very very potent
0: yeah. <laughs> I have to thank you to our uh, executive technical producer uh, Seth Marcus for bringing us a lighter your job is you're the uh, assistant operating manager there and you've gone from kind of grow room to the boardroom here we like to say exactly Uh, from grower to grow manager and now you're involved in the technical aspects of getting the kitchen the lab and the grow to work together let's let's talk about like what you do on a day-to-day
1: my goal starting out each morning is to find any fires that need to be put out that may have come up overnight literally overnight right Uh, and then once i once i've identified any any major things that, that need to happen or haven't happened, hasn't happened yet. Uh, I strive for harmony. I want to make sure that all of our employees are happy, you know, that they're, they have all their needs met. They have all the equipment that they need, um, that they're, you know, fine on a personal level. You know, I don't, I don't like to, uh, push people too hard when I know that they're dealing with stuff in their own life because I've been there and I've done that. And I know how it is when a boss is, you know, very unforgiving and unwilling to, you know, hmm. understand and relate to that. So I, I like to make sure, every, you, know, you know, and that's the best way to uh, to keep stuff moving forward is...
0: is oh yeah, if, your people get you there, man. Oh yeah, if everyone's happy... can't do happy, anything without your
1: employees. Exactly. Uh, and I've seen it a few times in this company, you know, we've gone through employees and some of the people who have been there a little longer just were not happy with the way things were going. And those people tend to weed themselves out and right. find their own place to go. So it's it's just a day-to-day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There is uh big thanks out to all my previous employees. Just figure i give it out right there. Uh, there they, yep. They've definitely got me to where I am. Uh, even, totally. Even some of the ones that might not have left in the, the best manner, they got fired or quit. They they still help me out in several ways. Thanks, guys.
1: H-h- exactly. Yeah. There's right. There's been <laughs> several employees of mine that have I, I hated to fire them, but, you know, when it, at the end of the day, when it comes down the tree, I don't have any other option, you know, and they're doing better now, you know, mm-hmm. and they use the, what they learned working with us and, and, you know, hopefully from me to make themselves a better employee in the future. Not that they were bad employees, like I said, I, you know, I, I hated firing them, but, you know. Right. How many employees do you have? Right now we probably have around 30 full-time right. employees.
0: And how do you source these individuals?
1: Right now, we've probably got about half from Craigslist, and then about half word of mouth. I know a guy. That's where I used to work with this person, that sort of thing.
0: And, and is it people from all over the country or world that have come to you?
1: Um, yes, actually. Uh, well, I don't know about world, but uh, definitely all Because they
0: lo- have to be U.S. citizens, and they have to be Colorado exactly, know, citizens, yeah. so to speak.
1: Oh, uh, We've got North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, I think Wyoming, California. So we've got some, some people from around the around the country. Oh,
0: yeah, man. What an exciting time to be young and want to be involved in the cannabis industry.
1: Oh, yeah. And we've actually mm-hmm. got several employees who aren't young at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, one of our guys. He used to install like uh, security systems, and he was a automated security technician for a long time. And he said, well, I don't need to do this anymore. I want to do something fun. And he started out as a packager, and he's, you know— a really great employee and he's looking to move up uh, you know in the industry just like everyone else is it's it's interesting to see the different types of people and their different types of expectations and where they they want to go in the industry it's uh, you know it's just so open-ended and people from so many walks of life help make it that way so it's it's a lot of fun
0: yeah we get all kind of great people that come through our doors too from all over the country that moved to Colorado to be involved in this in this new and exciting thing that's happening We have all walks of life for sure. Hey, you know what? I think this is a perfect time to take a break. Uh, So this is Chip the Real Dirt. I got Austin here from Americana. We'll be right back. These new episodes are made possible through some really awesome partnerships. We want to form long-term relationships with other entities who have similar goals. Thanks to Grower Soil, a line of soil and nutrients manufactured and developed right here in Colorado also thanks to cultivate colorado with two stores in the denver metropolitan area cultivate has one of the largest selections of indoor to horticultural equipment in the known universe so stop by if you have any growing needs grow your dreams cultivate your legend. The boober way. All right, we're back. It's The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, and today I've got Austin from Americana. As we grow older and go through life, often people depart our ways. I've I've recently had a a good high school buddy pass away, uh, Mark Whitehead. And uh, Mark was always, always a a good time and and, uh, good fun. And uh, we're all sorry to see him go, but we're going to dedicate this episode to Mark. I'm not sure, but I just bet Mark would love some ganja food. So, Austin, you you
1: started at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? You started uh, just sweeping the floor, so to speak, just like those guys from Craigslist. How did you come to work for Americana? I
1: actually got my job via Craigslist. Uh, my first trimming job, I worked for... Uh, Sheer Solutions out of Patient's Choice in uh, in Denver. And then um, a few months later, after that didn't quite work out, I literally was across the street at Mindful. One of the ladies that I was working with at uh, my first position saw the mess that it was as a, but a good idea, a temporary employer for you know staffing, uh, trimming positions, you know, packaging positions for short-term things like that. And so she started her own called Hemp Temps. And so I got a job at Hemp Timps and I worked, I bounced around for about two weeks and then I landed at Gaia plant-based medicine, which is now mindful. Um, after I think, uh, my first week there, they bought me, they just bought me out from her, uh, w- along with another person. And, um, I was a trimmer there for, uh, at mindful or Gaia at the time for, uh, about, I don't know, seven or eight months there. Uh, I, I, you know, just applied myself the same way I got hired. I, uh, just, I just, I was, I just did myself, you know, I, uh, I worked really hard every day. Eventually the trim boss, you know, got axed. Um, and I temporarily did that for maybe a week before they hired someone else. And then the, uh, the master grower, Philip Hague, uh, used to stop by all the time, you know, come to the trimming tables cause that's where his good weed was. He wanted to come check it out, you know, uh, so he he was always stopping by and talking to us, and he you know he saw the people doing you know the work and stuff like that. So I uh, he handpicked some people from you know the trim team, and eventually I was uh, in the on the cultivation team, and uh, from there I kind of uh, me and another guy that came from the from the trim team we kind of gravitated towards the the cult, the uh, propagation department, the veg, um, because there wasn't any full time employees in there. It was just kind of the growers all. I guess it's my turn to do this today. Um, so we kind of took that under our wings and, um, made sure that everything got done in there every day. We, we, we talked a lot to Phil. He, you know, we learned so much from Philip. Uh, he's a really smart man. And, uh, we, uh, we were at one point taking a thousand clones a day, Mm -hmm. um, with about a 97 to 98%, uh, Root rate. Uh, after we, you know, we we called a lot on purpose, just because we had the the numbers. But, um, we uh, we turned uh, the the propagation into something that was uh, a really a sight to see. Uh, we hand built watering tables and drip systems and came up with our own ways of doing things and changed what was there and just completely turned it into a, uh, yeah. a, a it machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were harvest. They were they were harvesting a thousand plants a week. Out of room so you know we were taking taking a lot yeah, right and uh, I worked there for about three years you know through their transition into mindful and uh, things started getting weird as they do with uh, the executive level and uh, I was pretty much only there for Philip at that point to see what happened with him and where he goes so I went up leaving mindful because it just wasn't wasn't for me anymore at that point point. and um
0: yeah the weed hit me too man yeah yeah, bro. <laughs> what yeah. is this? It's pretty good. Dude, this is a CSI genetic. It's called Old Family Purple. It's a Urkel Triangle cross. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's good.
1: So I left there and uh I was uh I didn't work for about a month and then Philip called me one day and said, "Hey, I want you to call my buddy in in Boulder, you know, he needs he needs some help in his grow, you know, if you want to go up there and work." And I was like, you know, okay. And I, it was Dan England um mm-hmm. called him up and um Turns out their head grower at the time was uh, someone, a, a buddy of mine actually, I didn't even know he was there. And so uh, I started working for their grow team uh, just as a cultivator. And again, I uh, applied myself and I did my thing and I turned, turned it around. Their, their head grower didn't work out. And um, uh, Dan gave me the position temporarily and um, I just he just told me to just take it. I would get a fair shot at it, and they were going to interview people, and I was fine with that. And then uh after about another week of improvements, he pretty much told me it, it was just mine if I wanted it.
0: You're a hard worker. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Yes, I see this trend.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm... uh so, um, so
0: this is how you get a job in Colorado, is you look on Craigslist, yep. and then you work harder than everybody else when you show up at the job.
1: Exactly. You work way <laughs> harder than everyone else. Yeah. Or what, as hard as the where hardest from, work. Where are
0: you from, Austin? I'm from Florida. Mm. A little town called Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Sure, man. I'm from Macon, Georgia. Mac town. Yeah, my dad was from Clearwater. Okay. Right. And still got a bunch of family. Panama. Yeah, that's Perry. where my
1: mom's from. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not sweating my ass off down there oh, right no, now. Oh, no, I
1: was I was just there two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was, you know how it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's, it's tropical for sure. Oh, yeah. Right, it's tropical. <laughs> what do you guys make over there, man?
1: Uh, we make candy. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't make the candy, we infuse it. We source our candy from one of the six candy manufacturers in the world. Yeah, we infuse it, and then we package it and sell all right.
0: it all, all over Colorado. Yeah, right. all over the state. Right, not and not just this cool product here either.
1: Uh, we have uh, the puffs, uh, our line of puffs. That's right, and then we also have a line of just like a, a more normal kind of gummy candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for anyone who's had this, our gummies. Um, we actually have a new type of gummy coming. We switched. Recipes, which actually manufacturers, mm. and uh, they're made with fruit juice. And let me tell you, they oh, are delicious, sweet, like good we're gonna, job, man. Yeah, they're uh, they're going to be really, they're going to be a hit.
0: Yeah, get rid of the uh, natural sugar, exactly. As they're calling corn yeah. syrup now, yeah. right? Exactly. Right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> exactly. yeah, man. So you mentioned this this interesting topic earlier. Uh, Whole Planet Extracts. Tell me what this is. Tell me how you guys do this.
1: We start by harvesting the plants. Obviously, what we do is at uh, at the point of harvest, we will harvest. We will remove any material that doesn't have trichomes on it. So most of the fan leaves come off, and then um, we will minimally trim any other part of the plant, uh, just any tiny bit that doesn't have any uh, THC visibly on it, any trichomes, and then we hang them up to dry. Uh, we dry them. Uh, we're not really worried about collecting uh, terpenes at this you know mainly so uh, we'll dry them out over about a week and they hang dry and when they're done hang drying we take them down and we with scissors remove the buds all the way down the the plant and then so everything is it's it's just all one big batch so uh, we don't trim the buds down any farther than that we don't break them down so what ends up happening is the leaves will actually uh, fall down and dry onto the buds and help protect our calyxes. Um, it helps us get a really, even on our first extract, a really rich golden color oil. It's We make some of the best hash and, and buds in the industry. And actually I can, I'll provide you guys some pictures, but we don't sell a gram of it.
0: Oh, pictures don't prove it, though. I'm going to have to have more than that. All right.
1: Well, uh, all right. I'll see what I can do about <laughs>
0: that. Well, well I, I need to be involved in the QC program you have.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll just give you a tour one day.
0: Yeah, that's what I did. Definitely need a tour, man. I love seeing wheat. I love it. I love seeing how people do it differently, the technology, you know, uh, the application of the individual technology, how they solve their, their problems.
1: Totally. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, if you don't have some good problem solvers on your team, you have a hard time in this industry for sure.
0: Right. Could you like say like the top three things that make like a, a good good grower?
1: Uh, you gotta be a hard worker. You gotta love to get dirty and sweaty and just, you know, just tired. You you gotta like that. You gotta like spending a day doing something you you really love doing and you gotta really love doing it. So I guess that's the second thing. Uh, you you gotta really love the plant you gotta really love biology you gotta really want to understand both of them because you know without that you're not you're probably not gonna grow very good pot yeah right and that's the goal right
0: right right so <laughs> awesome so work hard love the work
1: don't be a shitty person <laughs> like really uh
0: yeah totally huh? uh
1: yeah you gotta you gotta treat people right you know that shit comes you gotta around work with people yeah yeah, yeah it's, totally you know who wants to be on top when everyone hates you
0: yeah you know there's there's a lot of uh be real like awesome the way i say this if i say it right there's a lot of duly given confidence cannabis growers they're in their own communities growing weed and they become, like, the source of the best weed no matter what. Yeah. You know, nobody's around. There's yeah. one guy in Indiana. There's one guy. You know what I'm yep. saying? Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of a local spun hero, right? Totally. And then, like, when they come here to work in the industry, that, that the bubble gets popped a little bit. They're one of hundreds now. Oh, yeah. Right? Instead of, the, like, the man. Exactly. Right? And it can take, like, a minute. To digest for people,
1: it totally can. Not only that, but uh, the type of the type of cultivation is just so different Um, throughout the country. Well, from from your basement or your closet to you know, hundred and fifty light rooms, five hundred light rooms. There's. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of these guys you're talking about and they come in and, you know, I smoke their weed. It's bomb. They grew it at home. Like they, they they got it nailed in at home, but you know, you put them, you put them in, in a room with a thousand plants and suddenly it's just not the same. Uh, If you, you know, you, you give them, you give them their own sections that, that they, you know, they feed their own way that, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to, you know, show you what they got. And it's just, you know, you, you let them try probably three more times than you should, um, <laughs> until you, you know, you make them change their ways or you, 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 you get rid of them. So, um, um, cause yeah, I've seen, I, I've seen both. I've seen, I've seen that and I've also seen people come in and just, you know, uh, this is what I do at home. And we're like, yeah, this is how we're going to do it because of yada, yada, yada. And they're like, oh wow, that that's, that's cool i'm gonna i'm gonna start trying that at my house too and then they come back and they're like oh my god you know this is i didn't know it would work like that at home too and you're like we're like yeah that's why we do it here so uh but that those are far fewer than the first let me say that right most guys just can't because like you said they are they're they're king dong back home and Mm -hmm. they they come out here and well yeah, I, that's really great weed, dude, but I grew some of this. Look at that. It's like it's just right. as good, you know. Uh, look at my buddies, you know. <laughs> so.
0: Right, right. Yeah, the it's hard to take the there's aspects of home growing that can't that that you can't totally. really commercialize or scale. Totally. You know, a lot of it you can, right? A lot of it's just all it's all the same stuff, man. It's all just, you know, cutting root growth canopy development know your strain then like room control temperature humidity yep you know like that's that's how it works no matter what but uh, it's how you get there totally It's how you get there you know are you in a are you in a volkswagen bug or you know do you have an f-350
1: oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah we have a jalopy for sure but uh you get what you put into it
0: yeah Absolutely, man. Well, hey, man, we, we we put a lot of effort in that joint. Let's take another break and get us some water here. Awesome. All right, Chip from The Real Dirt, I'm here with Austin. On the OTC, symbol MCIG. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C A N N A Radio, on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio Social Crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. I got to get incredible thanks out to Denver Normal. They're an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our value. Thanks, Denver Normal, it takes people like you to really make the change. And we're back. It's Chip Baker here with my buddy Austin from Americana thinking about... Uh, my wild and crazy buddy, Mark Whitehead, this guy was the craziest guy. You got any of these friends that are like this? I mean, just like, as soon as they walk into the room, it's a fucking fireball. Yeah. Right? Yep. This this was Mark, man. Yep. He was just, you know, always the instigator, yep. always like, you know, made the party happen for sure. Totally. Right? And, you know, a good guy to like, you know, help people out, Work work for free. Right. Totally. Really polite, you know, to to his parents in, in the later years. <laughs> oh, good old Mark. Uh, hey, uh, Austin, um, tell me about your grow day, man. What happens on a grow day?
1: On a grow day. <clears throat> well, uh, the grow day starts at 6 a.m. Because, uh, well. Uh, I like to get there early. Get early, yeah, all right. I like to get, get up it's and get a going. It's farmer's day. Yeah. It's like farmer's to, day. Totally. Start yeah, out early. Yeah, I never thought I'd, I'd be a farmer in high school. and Turns out I just became a weed farmer. So, mm-hmm. But uh, I get to work at 6 a.m., and the first thing you do is uh, you walk all the rooms that are on. Um, you look for problems. Uh, you look for fans not on. You look for lights not on. You look for the wrong temperatures, the wrong humidities, um, a door that should be sucked closed or blowing open, not doing that, look for any fires to put out. Um, uh, If you're a manager, you're going to do a lot more. Uh, You're going to probably check uh, security systems if that's your job. You're going to, you know, look for uh, structural issues. You're going to, you know, check for routine maintenance items. Uh, You're going to start filling out your, uh, whatever system you have for planning out your day for your growers, uh, how to keep them on task. You're going to you're going to de- deal with people calling in. You're going to deal with uh, emails. Uh, you're going to make sure that, you know, if, if you left people there the day before, that they did what they were supposed to before they left so that your crew coming in this morning doesn't have to clean up or do anything but start their day because their day, as soon as they come in, is, uh, you know, they, well, if there's nothing on the board, they ask me what to do or they just start doing it, uh, what they normally do, which is uh, they're going to start taking, uh soil readings they're going to start uh writing down temperatures uh humidity times uh they're going to start prepping um mixes for instance uh any feed mixes that's going to happen they're going to start uh uh filling out logs uh for all of the things uh for a walkthrough because uh you know as the manager you're going to of course do a a main facility walkthrough but these guys are going to check each room uh write down all the information they're going to check uh for any physical problems on the plants, uh, they're going to go through and look for insects, uh, anything that's there it's not supposed to be there. Any types of uh, you know fungus or molds or anything like that. So uh, uh, that usually should take about an hour to just do their walkthroughs, do their pest checks. Um, it's it's you know they 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 should know what they're doing. You know, watering happens. Watering is you know they they make their mix and the mix is made based on uh, the phase of life. So if it's vegetative, you know, they'll get uh, one of our vegetative mixes that is uh, predetermined on a schedule on a calendar outside the room by the grow manager. Use these soil samples, uh, pH and EC specifically, to determine the average in the room uh, or in certain areas if there's problem areas. And then they will make the mix according to the plant's needs. Um, If it's an organic feeding day, you know, if they're to get their uh, bacteria, microbes, uh, you know, mycorrhizae, any any type of uh, organic amendments you're adding, um, they'll make a different mix. And you know, the rooms usually left to dry a little bit more the day before, so that the whole room can get a nice, good feeding. Um, yeah, and then they'll so go. You, you,
0: they water daily.
1: Yes, every mm-hmm. room's watered daily because each plant is watered when it's needed. So they'll actually go through each. Table by hand. Check the weight. They'll check the cocoa pot, the cocoa smart pot, for its you know water content. They'll visually inspect them as well as check the weight by hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, once it's you know dry enough, as determined by the grow manager and the time of life of the plant, uh, they'll water the only the plants that need watering, and the rest will probably get water the next day. It's usually about half and half uh, when it goes through. We grow in uh, three gallon smart pots.
0: In straight cocoa, in straight cocoa, yes. Yeah. Right. How big are these plants?
1: Uh, Canopy's probably about uh, the plants are probably around four feet tall when they're um, finished. Yep, when they're yeah. finished flowering. Um, yeah, after they're done watering, um, that's when plant work happens. Uh, you'll they'll start pruning if they need to prune. Um, however, canopy management that they need to do that day, my guys are typically pretty good at just knowing what to do it's it's wrote by now they know exactly how Mm -hmm. how i like it how to make them pop so um you know if you're training someone though you'll you'll take them through different areas and show them different ways of you know how to make different strains uh do what you want them to do or need them to do or what not to do to certain strains or to you know stop anything from freaking out on you you know in the in the propagation side they'll you know, uh, come in and do all the same things, but to all the clones, you know, they'll check their specific needs and, um, they'll usually start cloning, you know, depending on our needs. Uh, it's not that, that heavy. Yeah. And it's pretty much plant work the rest of the day. You know, they, they, they do metric daily, which is the, the tracking system. So, um, that's, that's time consuming to say the least. It's a common complaint with yeah, my guests. Yeah, and it's right. you know it allows us to do what we do, so that's that's what I tell mm, them. You've Got to pay to play. That's right. So <laughs> uh, actually, I we, we had a, a good talk with our, our med investigators today um, about some issues in metric. They came to our facility after we had a small problem with what I'm going to say is a lack a lapse in the system. But uh, we talked to him about it, and you know it was a really good exchange. I really like. Right, it's like, investigators. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I guess we fucked up.
1: Yeah, most people, <laughs> most people think that way, but you know, we we strive so much for 100 percent compliance, right? Uh, because man. because our our president Good is Dan England He's personally written these laws, some of these laws that that I'm governed by every day. So, you know, to 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 not be would just kind of be a slap in the face to to not only him but you know to the industry leaders as a whole who allow us to do this and, and protect us. So. Uh, we, that's one of our main goals and our, you know, that we, when we have new hires that we make sure that they understand, uh, you know, when you signed up to get your badge, you agreed to read, read and follow all the rules. So they have to do that. They have to read them. Uh, and they, we have to follow all of them. We have our, a compliance specialist in-house every day working on everything all the time because of how often they change. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's about it. It, Nick, Rode.
0: So you, you, you guys hand water.
1: Yep, and water
0: each day. How big is this, your facility?
1: We have about 200 lights, 200 lights in flower. When do you
0: guys construct this?
1: Um, we didn't construct this. Um, the groves were built by uh, the previous owner.
0: So you guys got uh, HPS lights? or Yes. Yeah, HPS yep. lights. Yeah, uh, so this is a, a, an older built facility. It, it
1: is, um, I'll describe it as a... Uh, a basement grow on steroids. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you can do it a million different ways, man. Yeah, That's you can. For sure. it, it like like All you right. said, it's old. So back then, so you know, probably, I don't know, six years ago when it was mm-hmm. built or so, you know, it was perfectly fine. It, it resembled most grow rooms, but the shift uh, into more uh, you know automated uh, greenhouse type uh, systems have definitely made it. Quite obsolete, but mm-hmm. um, it works. So, uh, like I said, we get what yeah, we. You don't
0: have to have like the newest
1: best technology. No, you don't. We we grow mm-hmm. some amazing stuff. You know, uh, with some of the oldest technology. It's, but like you know, like you said, it's you know, it's time, temperatures, pressures. You know, right? ECs, pHs. You know, ECs and pH you can't say enough. If you don't have a pH mm-hmm. meter and EC meter, why bother? So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. So, uh, one of the benefits cocoa people have with cocoa is that that you can reuse this product, and uh, totally. it, it makes it, it. I know in our, in the this industry, it makes it hard to reuse it. But, but you guys reuse cocoa?
1: Yeah, we we definitely do. Uh, most of it is used for our, to mix our green waste with. Uh, it's one of our rules, but um, we definitely will take uh, some some used cocoa when we empty our smart pots because we reuse those as well which is another reason why we love them uh, just throw them in a washing machine we'll actually use the cocoa to start uh, as our uh, the first transplants our clones make into smaller pots we'll actually use uh, reuse cocoa for that uh, we'll uh, we flush it really well I can't think of it right now but it's just like a calcium solution we just flush them really really well sure. and we rinse them out of the water and uh, then we flush them with a pH really light pH water mix and uh, they're really, they, they take off. They love it. They're good to go.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that, man. There's so much non-sustainable stuff in our industry. Cocoa is one of those things you really can, you know, continue to reuse as as long as you clean in, clean out, healthy Definitely. in, healthy out. Definitely. Right. It's a, uh, it's always a shame to see so much of a good waste, you know? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If we, yeah, it's, it's the waste thing is a shame because, we have to use. We have to throw away so much of it just to mix our our, our unusable material because, you know, ignorance is mm-hmm. bliss in the legislature sometimes. So they just don't understand that <laughs> we would never throw away something that you could use to get high. You know that why? why what are we doing if that if yeah, we're throwing right. away THC? That doesn't make sense. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we would totally reuse more of it. And there were there's plenty of companies who have come in and offered to. To take it and compost it, and every time we have to tell them no, because you, we're not allowed to let you do that. It has to be, we've got like two options. They have to be a state licensed garbage facility or, or, or whatever it is, waste management or something. So, Right, right.
0: Uh, people ask me about it all the time. I've had composting license. I've made soil for years. And tough pickle there on that one. Yep. And that's for sure.
1: What they're trying to do is, th- there are some groups of people trying to lobby the legislature to write laws that will allow Mm-hmm. composting specifically from cannabis cultivation facilities mm-hmm. because what they do produce like i said we they prune daily so uh, especially when when you go through in flower and you you, you do some big prunes uh it's uh, a lot of waste is produced and it's it's a shame we can't we're not even allowed to compost it so right 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 yeah well hey
0: man that's you know one of the the many problems in the regulated cannabis industry i've often heard people say it's that they hope it doesn't get regulated to death. Right. Right. You know, we we talked about this earlier, but uh, uh, are there some specific, like, problems you've had to overcome? Or, like, you know, what's the biggest problem here? but like insects, people?
1: There have been a few people, but, you know, mainly it would be, uh, well, yeah, insects, I would say. Um, we share, one of our buildings we share a grow with uh, three other grows now. There's three other License holders in this in this warehouse. So, a lot of times, uh, we feel like we're just chasing the bugs back and forth between it, each of the grows because you know you'll get rid <laughs> of them and then you'll see them again. Um, but uh, we like to use we don't we don't spray in flower um, because it would can the our biggest priority is to grow a cannabis plant without contaminating mm. the resins on it.
0: Awesome. That's so, awesome.
1: um, that's from the inside or the out. So, um. Like, we don't spray and flower. Uh, We use predatory mites. Um, They are, by and far, the best thing I've ever seen to deal with pest problems, though. You can get a bug to eat any other bug that won't lay its eggs in your plant. So, um, we use those in in our vegetative state, primarily. Um, Each flower room does get, the first couple weeks does get some legionnaires, we'll call them, some lone soldiers or Mm -hmm. whatever, just to make sure that anything that comes in doesn't last long, so... Uh, we take good care to clean our rooms um, and to keep our warehouse clean and, and painted fresh. So uh, to try and stave off any new bugs coming in, we have sticky mats and, you know, uh, all that stuff. So,
0: and when uh, you say spray, it's all uh, uh, legal for, for you to spray product. It's an uh, organic product, uh, pyrethrums or uh, um, neem oil extracts or soaps or essential oils. That's what you mean, right? For us, yeah. For your, you, you say spray. I, you know, many oh, people right. are concerned yeah, about pesticides. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's use. right. We don't. Spray. I just want to like, you know, yeah. say that. Right, yeah, they're you,
1: pesticides. Yeah, we don't spray. We don't spray anything in flowers. So, right. Um, and on our vegetative plants, yeah, you're. We're only allowed to use what's been approved by uh the uh MED and the mm-hmm. Colorado Department of Agriculture. Uh, I am. I am, and so are some of my employees licensed by the the Department of Agriculture here in Colorado. You know, that they come in on their own and do their own inspections, and they have their own set of rules and their own set of requirements as far as bookkeeping and logs, and it's very strict. It's served the industry well now that they have the, uh, the time and money to enforce it. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, this is
0: Chip The Real Dirt, and I'm here with Austin with Americana. Denver Normal is an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Maha City. While also creating long lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our values, a deep love for the community, the cannabis plant, and a commitment to educate our audiences. Thanks to Denver Normal.
1: Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At
0: Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business. And training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano-emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. So what's next, man? What's next in the industry? Can you see trends coming?
1: Well, I uh, I'm going to talk about Canada now. So I like to Canada. I like to look at Canada. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Canada is 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 a national medical system, and they're looking at creating a national uh, recreational system. So um, Canada is interesting because uh, they can trade. Uh, with Spain and Uruguay and Israel and Germany, I believe, um, all these countries are having laws in their federal marijuana programs that allow the import and export of their products to other like countries. So mm. um, I, I definitely like uh, the look of Canada. that. So uh, as far as America... Canada. Uh, The immediate future is very hazy because, you know, you know, so, uh, as soon as, you know, some people can pull some heads out of, you know, where we'll, uh, maybe get some, some good legislation happening on a federal level. And, uh, maybe then we can see some, uh, some sort of, you know, uh, interstate commerce, uh, between some, you know, some of these states, um, to try and, uh, uh, just make it easier to get, make it even easier to get, uh, and you know, better quality if if better
0: quality across the uh, the, the the
1: the world globally. Yeah, yeah.
0: right. And then be, yeah, bro, Spain to Spain to Canada to Israel. I yeah. can see the smuggling route now, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a smuggling route then. No, yeah, oh
1: yeah, so, uh, yeah. The FDA and whoever else they need to they need to get it together i think so yeah i agree
0: man as long as long as we continue to have uh, federal prohibition it's just going to continue problems for the business
1: yeah you know yeah the research side as well uh just absolutely you know just, just, just indeed has able, never even started really right just yeah letting some of these you know crazy you know pharmaceutical grade lab, labs and colleges and research centers and things like that, you know, to, to actually be able to get their hands on this plant and put it through the rigor, you know, put it through real scientific processes, you know, to really, you know, expand the knowledge on the drug, you know, Israel is pioneering that still, you know, there there's, mm-hmm. you know, going to be making even more waves here soon. I'm sure. Um, as far as the, you know, the expansion of our understanding of the cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system, um, Which, you know, which goes into, you know, I think we've only scratched the surface when it comes to cannabinoids. You know, we know what THC and CBD do mainly and a few others, but there's been very little breeding into the realm of other cannabinoid types. And so I think with um, the future being like one of the good things about distilling cannabis is you can actually get it to the point where you can separate them by distilling them. Uh, so that's going to allow you to uh, custom make medications for individuals, um, you know, say say it's CBG and CBN and cannabinoids we don't even know exist yet because we just haven't found them or have right. any time to study. You know, once we get, get the opportunity to really delve into grossly large size breeding projects, you know, right. Like, Like Kansas cornfield style, you know, like once we can get into that and really expand the cannabinoid profile and range and the availability of them all to do experimentation. And, you know, that's really going to take the industry further, I think, because then you can get exactly what you want. You know, you can either get a custom mix made for you or, you know, just try, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, different standards that, you know, they could, who knows what, what they could be, you know,
0: (laughs) Okay. I need a custom mix yeah I need
1: <laughs> I need you know I, I want these 13 Leave the
0: wand over and make me a custom mix man yeah uh, that sounds awesome the future it's here yeah well hey man it's been an awesome episode I think it's uh, time for me to eat one of these uh, um, uh, treats you get brought over here I'm gonna gobble a couple of these down sounds good call it a day this has been Chip with the Real Dirt and Austin with Americana thanks
1: Austin thank you Chip
0: Thanks for joining us here today, guys. It's a pleasure speaking to Austin from Americana. Learned about what it takes to be a grower in today's edible and extraction industry. And was really fascinated to find out that he was kind of a jack of all trades and could do everything from extraction to growing and selecting fine cannabis. Thanks again to Austin and thank everyone for listening. If you want to find more out about americana or austin check them out on the website at therealdirt.com if you want to subscribe to future episodes of the real dirt or previous ones look us up on itunes at the real dirt podcast that's right stay high